Yeah, thanks. That's just how I feel this morning. It's I feel like Mark Antony's death scene. It's early. I haven't had coffee. Well, I have had a little bit of coffee. Well, Welcome back to the Renaissance episode thirty-five, Bubble Boy. Yeah, I was just going to blame the next three episodes on you. Um, Please go ahead. That'd yeah. be different. Well, we were going to jump straight into the Medici's, and then Ray said, "You know what? I think." <laughs> Before we do the Medici's, just to explain right. a little bit about the political landscape in Italy, we need to go and talk about the Popes of Avignon, and turns out he was mm-hmm. right. So I hope everyone's sitting down for that, yeah. but I actually think Ray was right, and uh, so that's what we're going to do, the Popes of Avignon. If I may, um, since we're going to make a lot of fun of the church for the next three episodes and have a lot of fun doing it, I would like to dedicate these next three episodes to Father Eric, my brother-in-law in in Virginia. So these are for you, Eric. (laughs) I don't know. We're making fun of the church. We're just going to tell the story of what a fucking clusterfuck. Yeah, Yeah, the work is done for us. The church was. Oh, my God. Yeah, we don't have to reach for it. Yeah. And here's the thing that... Yeah, like you know, you may not know this, Ray, but I get into lots of conversations with Christians um, about their religion. Still, sure if uh, right, yeah, yeah, and and whenever the Middle Ages gets brought up, um, Christians today will say, "Well, they weren't real Christians," you know. Uh, um, those they weren't really real, real Christians. No. Proto Christians, uh, which always leads to a well, no, no. They're just bad Christians, not oh, proto. This is no, Christianity's like, been around for a thousand like years us. at this not point. Not Christians yeah. like today. Well, I, I, you know, I think they don't like to acknowledge that these people were Christians because these people were <laughs> horrible people who did horrible <laughs> things. Um, <laughs> Over and over. But, you know, these are the people that led Christianity. These were the people that created and Mm -hmm. led Christianity. They made a lot of the decisions that still influence Christianity today. They were the beacons of Christianity. And who gets to decide who's a Christian and who's not a Christian? Right. Um, Anyway, so we're going to tell the story of the, the Pope's. Uh, we mentioned in an earlier episode that in 1309, back when we were doing Petrarch, I think we talked a bit about this, Pope Clement V, mm-hmm. uh, I think that was just, there was just he, he, he was, yeah. had a long last name, and he just shortened it to V. Um, and he held up his two fingers like, a lot. Right. <laughs> Peace. Now, Pope... <laughs> <laughs> 
my wife started doing that recently. When she signs off of her Facebook live video, she's like, peace. Yeah. Like, where the fuck did that come from? I've known you 10 years. You've never said that. Yeah, it's just a thing. She's like, I do that now. Oh, really? Yeah. Peace. <laughs> That's my thing. Yeah. Pope Clement V moved the papacy from Rome to Avignon. Yeah. Now, he was French, the former Bishop of Bordeaux, so he probably knew his wines pretty well, oh, yeah. Pope Clem, yeah. Clemmy, Clemmy V. Right. Um, and we, we mentioned this briefly back in this Petrarch episode, but the, what, what had happened is King Philip IV mm-hmm. of France, France had arrested Pope Boniface right. Boniface VIII. Right. Almost starved him to death. <laughs> Bitch slapped him. Let him go, and then he did die. Right. Do you remember the details about why he arrested Boniface? Uh, as far as I remember, they were having arguments over the right to who could t- tax the church and try the priests, but I'm guessing there was more to it than that. Yeah, I think Boniface had issued a papal bull in 1302 <laughs> That basically said popes right. are the boss of kings. Actually, I have it and here, but yeah, uh, yeah, he pretty much said we are we are more important than you are. We because we represent God get to make all the calls. You should follow us. It is absolutely necessary for salvation that every human creature be subject to the Roman pontiff. So yeah, even the kings, and then then what was also going on at the time is that Philip was broke. Right. The uh, Hundred Years' War yeah. was going on. Cost money. Um, France was broke, and he decided he was going to tax the church in France, the mm-hmm. the bishops and the cardinals. Give me money. Right. Uh, they were already giving him money quite often, but he was like, give me more money. Give me all the money. Don't send it to the Pope. Give me all the money. And Pope didn't like that. Pope Pope, uh, excommunicated him. He said, look, look, come, let's let's, let's sort it out. Like, come to dinner. Sit down. (laughs) Special dinner. Party. And Rain Cam's rule number three of history is you don't go to dinner with your enemies. It's like you always. (laughs) Doesn't end well. Yeah. If you if you in the Hollywood movie you shoot the bad guy once and he falls down he's right. not dead no 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 Keep no empty the clip and you walk him. right yeah you well you walk up double tap <laughs> in the head at the very least <laughs> what are you thinking then, then don't him. shoot him once then run right. away right but, but for uh, me and you don't go to dinner exactly but what makes this um, cringe worthy for me is that Boniface the eighth is like seventy three years old. And yeah, so the so the king messes with him. Uh, Boniface uh, excommunicates him. But then you're right. I mean, Philip's men physically grab this guy, physically slap him, beat him, starve him, mm. nearly exe- um, execute him. And so when the next pope comes along, he's like, "Okay, yeah, I learned my lesson. You don't have to slap me. What, what can I do for you?" And so the the um, the papacy is going to be moved closer to France. Well, there was another pope, uh, I think, for like five minutes, right. and then then there was the right. cardinals um, had their conclave, yeah. which is how they elect popes, um, and Philip basically pushed them to right. make uh, the guy who became Raymond. Pope Clement Pope, right. and he was French. And Clement knew that he wasn't safe in Rome right. because everyone knew he was the puppet of Philip of France. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and at this stage, most of the sacred college of cardinals was made up of French cardinals. Ooh, right. They also didn't feel safe in Italy. Um, I think I think Clement appointed like fifteen or something French cardinals. One of the first things that he did. Yeah. Um, so they all moved to Avignon. They all figured, listen, got to get out of Rome, got to get out of Italy. We're not safe here. And so they moved to Avignon, which actually wasn't controlled by France mm-hmm. at the time. Today it's part of France. Back then it was actually – it's in Provence then as now. You ever been to Provence, Ray? I have not. Have you? Oh, lovely. Oh, yeah. Lovely part of the world. I could easily retire to Provence. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just lovely, lovely, yeah. lovely part of, part of France. Oh, yeah. lovely. Um, it was actually controlled by the King of Naples. Why right. did the King of Naples control part of France? Well, it's a long fucking story, but you know how these things right. work. Somebody died, somebody bequeathed something to somebody, <laughs> somebody's son was somebody banging it. somebody's daughter. Right. And yeah. <laughs> so Clement, Clement tried to keep a little bit of distance is the point. He right. said... <clears throat> Well, no, I'm not in France. I'm I'm near France, yeah. but I'm not in France Near-ish. because I want to be independent mm. uh, of France. He tried to maintain the pretense that he wasn't completely the bitch of Philip of France. Well, yeah, but everyone knew he really he was, was Philip's yeah. bitch. Yeah. What well, What was one of the first things that Clement did when he becomes um, Pope is he issues a with he withdraws a papal bull from previously that declared that the papal power is above secular power. So he knows his place. He knows what he has to do to survive, and he gets right on it. But like you said, uh, Philip, the king of France, is in massive debt. That has got to be handled, and there's only so much money you can get from the church. Now, for centuries, the popes had been trying to subordinate the kings of Europe mm-hmm. to the papacy. We, you know, we, we've talked... You know, going way back um, in the early part of the show, uh, talked about how um, wow, fuck, who was the guy that uh, bitch slapped Theodosius, um, 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 Bishop of Milan, Ambrose, right? Ambrose of Milan. It started with Ambrose. Uh, you know, when when he said to Theodosius, "Hey, you're fucking excommunicated, bitch. You can't even come to church, <laughs> and if you die, right." Um, you're going to hell because you're not, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing the whole, right. you know, sign of That's the cross right, over yeah. you. You're fucked. And the king went unless, with yeah, unless you do what I tell you to do, right? <clears throat> uh, which is, which is, uh, make every other religion, every other philosophy, yeah. the 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 Platonists, the 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 uh, Stoics, the Epicureans, all of the Greco-Roman religions, yeah. illegal. All other forms of Christianity right. that's not Catholic Church. Make them all illegal, right. and the Jews. Uh, then don't get me started on the Jews. Don't get me started on the Jews. It's all about the Jews. They control the media. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Fuck. Now people are going to say I'm an anti-Semite, <laughs> like I'm a no, racist. This, this I'm an was uh, Ambrose. Ambrose's. No, this is Ambrose's Ambrose. point of view, not Cam's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it goes right back to that was like three eighty-eight, three ninety, something like that. It goes way back. This. This. This battle between the the popes and the kings and the emperors. Um, But it had failed pretty much. Yeah. Um, France, Florence, Venice, Lombardy, Naples, had all rejected papal control. Rome had tried twice to bring back a republic. 
We talked in an early episodes about Rienzo or Rienzi, mm-hmm. um, who who right. tried to restore the Republic. Uh, that was later. That was in 1346. We're going to talk about him again over the next couple of episodes. But in the other papal states, a series of feudal magnates had replaced the church. Uh, they had sort of taken mm-hmm. power. Now, the church had been able to demand homage and tributes from the kings of Europe on threat of excommunication. And they had the right. same sort of deal with some of these magnates. So there was some power play going on. But now, once once they moved to Avignon, the papacy is basically seen as, a, as an entity that's owned by the French king. So all of the enemies of France, the German states, Italian city-states, England, Bohemia, all saw it as a hostile power. Why are you going to financially support a church that is the whipping boy of your eternal enemy? Right. So they basically started ignoring it. They stopped sending the church money. They start yeah. ignoring excommunications. They start ignoring prohibitions. They basically sell it as the fake news papacy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, and so if, if I if I could real quick, um, you were talking about the uh, the popes losing the power over the years, and that's just absolutely right. Um, there was a bit of a resurgence with the beginning of the Crusades, ten ninety. I think, but the point is, you're right. They're losing their power. They're, they're, these other um, nation, uh, excuse me, city states or individuals are taking over. Not only are they losing control, these kings and princes don't seem to fear the idea of excommunication uh, as much as they used to. And we're going to see a lot of that in the upcoming episodes. But you're absolutely right. So these other people are taking over uh, territory. They're not sending money to uh, the pope, and so the pope. Between having to give money to France and to run the church itself, they suddenly need a lot of cash. They don't have it. And Clement V, the first of the Avignon kings, is going to be selling uh, benefices pretty much to anyone who can pay. And there's there's no there's no honor. There's no decency. There's no there's no. I don't even, in the spirit of Christ, it's just pretty much selling positions to raise a massive amount of cash to try to raise armies, to pay off the French, to keep the church going. This is the beginning of a period of just very intense corruption for the church, which is saying something considering the, you know, the hundreds, if not a thousand years that have come before this time. Yeah. Yeah, they take it to a whole new level, the Avignon Popes which has huge implications for the status, the moral status of the church uh, across Europe. So Clement Clement V is the first Avignon Pope, as I said. He's trying to keep his mm-hmm. head up um, yeah. while the rest of the world basically and tells on. him to go fuck himself. And right. he, he bows <laughs> as little as possible to King right. Philip. But, uh, you know, Philip ha- holds a lot of stuff over his head apart from the fact that he's now protecting him in a way from yeah. everyone else who hates him. he Philip's also threatening to hold a post-mortem inquest into Ooh. the life of Boniface VIII. Um, you know, he's, he's apparently a little bit corrupt, and uh, King Philip is saying, listen, we could, all, that could, all that could come out. Imagine the damage that's going to do to the reputation of the papacy. Right. Um, but, uh, you know... Philip decides to tax the church uh, and Clement's fighting him again on that. I think 
Um, but he, as you say, he has to sell his way of trying to make money at this stage because he's, he's running out of uh, sources of income, Clement, is to sell ecclesiastical benefices, benefices, benefice, mm-hmm. benefices uh, to the highest bidder. Yeah. Um, basically, an office, an office in the church. You want to, you want to get a yeah. bishopric or a vicarhood or whatever it is. It's like, listen, you bring the cash right. in a brown paper bag. You can get any position you want in the church. Um, yeah. Now, he also suffered from some painful diseases, uh, Clement. Uh, lupus, mm. uh, right. which is a malfunctioning immune system, leads to skin rashes, muscle pain, joint pain, fatigue, and probably a fistula, which is what happens when you get fisted too much, I think. Too much fisting. Right. Um, Amen, you, brother. You wreck your... Anal cavity, and you you have a fistula, is what it's known yeah. as. It's the it's scientific name for the result of too much fisting. <laughs> it's not a party; it's actually a bad thing. Yeah, and so that that's going to uh, make his life miserable and and cut it short. Um, did you want to talk about King Philip and his need to try to you know get rid of some of the debt that he has without actually paying it back? Yeah. Oh, do I? Oh, do I? Um, yeah, so one of the things that Philip and Clement are known for is suppressing the order of the Knights Templar and Aww. having them all executed. Right. So let's talk about who the Knights Templar were. I've been fascinated with the Knights Templar since I first read The Holy Blood and The Holy Grail, I guess, when I was... 18, 19, 20, something like that. Um, uh, yeah, the Knights Templar. What, what a, what a f- fantastic organisation. So they were um, arrested. We'll go, we'll go into the background in a minute. But they were arrested on Friday the 13th of October, 1307, <laughs> which right. is uh, why the Friday the 13th is considered a day of bad bad luck. It's because yeah, the Knights juju. Templar were arrested. Yeah. yeah, That's where it goes back to. Right. Now, apparently, uh, so they were the bankers, the papal bankers and also the protectors of pilgrims who were travelling to the east. And I'll explain all of that in a minute. But um, they, mm-hmm. uh, they, they had a lot of, what do you call them, chits on the king. He owed them a lot of money. He yeah. borrowed a lot of money from them yeah. to fight the, the Hundred Year War. And he was like, well, I could pay that back. Sure, sure. Or <laughs> I could just have you all killed and, you know, that's yeah. that's the ultimate payback I, I could just dest- have you killed. I could destroy this entire institution and everything that you've done and just and bespurt your name and reputation. Or I could pay you back. Yeah, I'll go for the former because I'm a king and I don't have time for all that. That's pretty ballsy. So on the... Yeah. So on the very day of Clement's coronation as Pope, King Philip charged mm-hmm. the Templars with usury, credit inflation, fraud, right. heresy, sodomy, mm-hmm. Ooh. immorality, and right. abuses. It was also said that they made uh, they were charged with uh, recruits being forced to spit on the cross, deny Christ, indecent kissing. I'm not sure exactly <gasps> what that is. 
<laughs> um, uh, and like you said, financial corruption. But the point is, he started the entire warrant started with the phrase, God is not pleased. We have enemies of the faith in the kingdom. So he mentions all these moral lapses they have. And at the end, he's like, oh, oh, and uh, financial corruption and fraud. They've got to go. So Templars had been around since uh, 1119. Wow. So at this point, they've been over, been around for nearly 200 years. Yeah. And they were created to basically protect people. So after the first crusade that you mentioned early on in 1099, when the, the Europeans went and recaptured Jerusalem from mm-hmm. the Muslims, um, many Christians started <laughs> doing pilgrim, pil, pil, if I can say that word, pilgrimages. Right. It's too early. Um, to the Holy Land, right? Yeah. Let's let's go to the Holy Land. Let's go and check out Jesus's uh, the the nightclubs where he used to hang out as a kid. Right, right. Um, yeah. uh, but you know there was a lot of uh, bandits and highwaymen uh, who would would prey on them along the way. They were easy pickings, sure. and so these pilgrims were slaughtered, robbed sometimes in the hundreds uh, as they were doing the walk when wow. getting on boats, doing the walk from, from different right. parts of Europe to Jerusalem. So in 1119, the French knight Hugues de Payon approached the king, Baldwin II, um, Alec Baldwin's grandfather, right. King sure. Baldwin II of Jerusalem and Varmund, who was the patriarch of Jerusalem, he approached them and said, listen, how about we create a monastic order to protect the pilgrims, mm-hmm. knights, that th- their entire job is just protecting these people as yeah. they make the trek to the Holy Land. They thought it was a great idea. Yeah. So the king granted the Templars headquarters in a wing of the royal palace on the Temple Mount, Ooh, in the mosque that they captured there, the Al-Aqsa Mosque, right, which is on Temple Mount. So, again, a little bit of background history there. Herod's Temple, the second temple, had been built um, by Herod, funnily enough, um, in Jerusalem, and uh, it was destroyed by the Romans around 70 CE, Mm-hmm. Um, after the first Jewish-Roman war, when the zealots rose up, decided, hey, we're going to take on the Romans because God is going to send a Messiah to sure. uh, help us defeat our enemies. Um, Yahweh, Yahweh, as it turns out, uh, had something else scheduled that day. Couldn't get out of it. <laughs> that, well, that four years, couldn't get out of it. Couldn't make it, yeah. Yeah. It's a day for Yahweh, four years for the for the zealots, but as a, a year for Yahweh, uh, a day for Yahweh. He, he, he had a bowling tournament on. Right, couldn't couldn't make it, couldn't get out of it. He already had the t shirts printed and everything. It was him, <laughs> Zeus, I'm Team Captain, um, fucking Poseidon, and right. uh, 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 I'm trying to think of the name of a good Mexican oh, god. It, you know, oh Mexican, Tekel Makalakalakan. <laughs> Um and uh, you know they they were they were they were at the top of the <laughs> rankings. They yeah. couldn't pull out. Uh, uh, it's nothing defeated. worse when a god pulls out. Yeah, right. Anyway, 
So they got destroyed. The Romans destroyed the temple. Um, then the, the Muslims came in, obviously, at some point and went, you know, we love this temple. We're going we're gonna to build a mosque on top of it. Um, and right. then when, after the, the crusade, the, the, the Christians had taken that over again and said, well, now we're converting it to a, a castle. Um, they believed it was the ruins of the Temple of Solomon. Mm-hmm. But it, but it wasn't. But uh, they thought it was. Um, but anyway, so the Crusaders had referred to the Alaska Mosque as Solomon's Temple, and that's why the Knights Templar became the Templar Knights. Their full name was the Poor Knights of Christ and the <laughs> Temple of Solomon. Right. Didn't you say they were the church's bankers a couple of minutes ago? How do you square that with the poor fellow soldiers of Christ? Yeah, well, initially they were going to be poor. That was the original plan. Start out poor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As as opposed to my plan, which was to start (laughs) off rich and get poor, become a podcaster and get poor. (laughs) Their plan was to start off poor. Okay. Well, I kind of kind of like it and become rich. I kind of like their plan better in in retrospect. Right. Should have become yeah, a they, Templar knight. Yeah, yeah, good point. No, they were poor. In fact, their their um, symbol was two knights riding on a single horse. They're that poor. And po- yeah, they're that poor. I'm like, oh, fuck! I can't even afford a horse. You can't be that poor, honey. Tony Kynaston is the only person I know that has horses. Um, <laughs> So poor. <laughs> How I've only poor got are you? one horse between right. two people. <laughs> they, but you know, we'll talk about this over the next few episodes as well. So the, the, the thing about poverty was a big thing at this point. The Franciscans, uh, oh yeah, after Saint Francis of Assisi, were all about. You know what? We should, the church shouldn't be rich. The church should yeah. be poor because Jesus was poor. Right. His Don't disciples were poor. Right. We, Poor is cool, poor. is what they were saying, and we should handy. all be poor. Right. Now, the original um, group of knights, there was uh, nine knights mm. uh, originally, um, including André de Mombard and mm. Godfrey de Saint-Omer. Um, they didn't have much in the way of, of funds. They relied on donations to survive. Right. But they didn't stay poor for long because they got the support of Saint Bernard of Clairvaux, Ooh. the founder of the Cistercian Order of Monks. He was the nephew of André de Montbard, one of the founding knights. Ah. Bernard um, was a bit of a rock star, um, yeah. fiery, fiery preacher. He was actually the guy who called for the Second Crusade in 1146 in Vézelay, and I've been to that church in Vézelay where he called for the Second Crusade. Um, I heard a a polyphonic mass sung there uh, some years ago. It was uh, an amazing experience. Did you Um, make a donation? Yeah, he... Uh, Eleanor of Aquitaine was no, I didn't. Eleanor of Aquitaine was there actually when he called the um, Second Crusade with Louis the Seventh. Wow, his uh, her husband. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, the Templars ended up becoming one of the most popular charities in Europe. People just could not throw enough money at them, <laughs> so quite quickly they became quite rich. So in 1139, uh, Pope Innocent II put out a papal bull, Omne Datum Optimum, 
named it after I think one of the Transformers, <laughs> but it uh, exempted right. the Knights Templar from obedience to local laws because um, they were they were you know marching through Europe. They were marching from place to place to place. Right. People were stopping, going, "Hey, you you can't be here." With right. that sword, this is my my land. This is I'm the ruler here. Oh. You can't be doing that. The Pope said, "No, fuck that. These guys have what would uh, be called an ancient Rome, um, uh, big imp, imperator, um, uh, optimum. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically, they could go anywhere and do anything. No one right. could touch them across all of Christendom." The Pope said they can go anywhere with their swords and their two guys riding on one horse. <laughs> Doesn't um, matter. It's not. It's not gay. No. It's not gay. The one of them's. You know, they're pressed up pretty close together. Well, got their arm. One, the one behind has <laughs> got his arms wrapped around him. A little bit of a reach around, but it's not. Okay, it's, it's a little bit gay. It's but, gay for God, so it's okay. <laughs> Is that a sword in your pocket or are you just <laughs> pleased to see me, they used to say? Um, yeah. So they could, they could pass freely through all borders. They didn't have to pay any taxes. They were exempt from all authority except that of the Pope. Wow, that's power. Yeah, that's yeah. a good uh, – I wouldn't mind game. one of those right. those passes, man. Is that, um, is that like being it, a congressman and, and there's that special thing where you can't be pulled over for speeding or – Reckless driving, practically anything but murder. It sounds like it's like that, but but it's from God. Donald Trump Don't said I could shoot somebody in Fifth Avenue right. and I'd get away with it. Well, the, the latest thing is um, I, know, yeah. I know someone who can who has shot and dismembered someone, and I let them get away with it. So it's <laughs> kind of the same thing. <laughs> and he just got his photo taken with him at the G20. <laughs> like, hey, hey, my buddy. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Um. Yeah, so people started sending uh, money, land, their businesses, noble-born sons to help the Knights Templar uh, fight in the Holy Land, protect people and fight. It was they 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 were rock stars, they were superstars, and they were they they got to a point where they were so powerful they ended up being like the advanced shock troops that you would send in key battles in the Crusades. Right. They had these heavily armoured knights on war horses. they charge out ahead of the, the main army body, trying to break through the opposition's uh, front lines. Right. Um, so, yeah, they became like a, a, a military unit right. over time. So they're a military um, order, mm-hmm. they're elite warriors, they're rich as fuck, and they don't have to obey rules, but they work for Christ, and so they're supposed to be humble and help everybody. Yeah, that doesn't basically. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, good for them. And then they invented banking along the way. <laughs> okay, tell me about because that. Because even though, well, the members were sworn to individual poverty. It was the vow that they right. took when you like joined... The Templars. Right. <laughs> yes. We swore a vow of poverty for our art to teach history to the world. That's right. Um, but uh, they, they were able to control other people's wealth. Nice. So this was useful if, if you were a nobleman who wanted to participate in the Crusades – 
you and you were worried that while you're away, your you know somebody might come and steal all of your shit. Right. They they find out your house. It's it's a bit like what happens now if you post on Facebook that you're going on holiday. People go, "Oh, this is a good idea to break into your house because <laughs> you've just told me you're not going to be home." Yeah. So these when these guys said, "Oh, yeah, I'm going on the Crusades." Uh, people would come and rob your shit. So they would give their money to the Knights Templar ah. to protect it while they were away on crusades. Hobbits for me. Got it. <laughs> yeah. And soldiers of Christ. Right. Um, what, what if I give so them they, my they money start... and I die in war? Yeah, they, they keep it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. I think that's, that's the deal. Just checking. Yeah. Just checking. So they, they start, they, they might, you know, take care of your family or pay off a dividend or something, I'm not uh-huh. sure. But um, yeah, they started accumulating wealth. The order started accumulating this wealth, um, partly uh, just to hold on to it, and partly they started generating letters of credit mm-hmm. for pilgrims who were journeying to the Holy Land. They started that in a- uh, 1150. Wow. 1150. So they would say, well, listen, um, you, you bring all of your wealth to the Templar office in uh, your homeland. Park Avenue, right. You get a letter, you get a letter of credit, um, and then when you get to the Holy Land, you can hand over that letter of credit at our Jerusalem office, Jerusalem branch, and you get your funds back, you know, the equivalent amount of treasure right. you get back, which you could then use to donate to a cause and... Build a wing of the temple with right. your name on it, whatever it is right. you want to do. Golden bathroom. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So basically they invented checks. Wow. Checkbooks. Um, the Knights Templar. Uh, and all of that money obviously ended up in their coffers and they, I don't know if they, what they did with it, how they turned that into, did they invest that? They probably built Starbucks yeah. all across the Holy Land. That's what they did with it. Yeah. <laughs> Now that's an invasion. So anyway, they well, what they did actually is they started buying huge tracts of land uh, across Europe in the Middle East. They bought farms, they bought vineyards, they built massive cathedrals and castles. They were involved in manufacturing, import and export, uh, Vandalay Industries. They created. Um, They had their own fleet of ships at one point. Wow. They even owned the island of Cyprus at one point. Fuck. They were rich as fuck. They just started <laughs> buying stuff. And, of course, they started loaning money out to oh. kings like King Philip right. to fight to fight his uh, part of the Hundred Years' War. Jeez. And that's when he's So they were... Trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So they were the world's first multinational corporation. <laughs> With swords. Well, yeah, you got to you got to have swords if you're a corporation. Yeah. Yeah. Now things started to go bad for them though when uh, they lost Jerusalem in 1244. Mm-hmm. Chris, you know, God was not on their side. Apparently, yeah. uh, you know, some of these later crusades, uh, yeah, God was like, oh, listen. There's only so many times I can help you win these wars. It's just, right. I don't, you ever played a game so much you just get bored with it? I, you know, like, oh, I'm done with this. I can't, you know. Yeah. yeah. God said, I'm cru- I'm crusaded out. I'm just crusaded out. I'm I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they lost Jerusalem to the Muslims in 1244. Mm-hmm. Um, Western Europe didn't get control back until 1917. So God apparently for took that seven hundred years <laughs> took a long uh, break. <laughs> took a very long break. Yeah. Um, so the, the the and the Crusades, you know, sort of went downhill from there. So the Templars became less important as a military unit. They still managed a lot of businesses. Right. Still had a lot of money. Uh, they they controlled farms and vineyards and the bank. But uh, they weren't as useful, they weren't as popular as they were in their heyday. And so Philip sees an opportunity to get himself out of debt and he starts inventing all of these charges against the Templars and and putting pressure on the church now that he controls the Mm -hmm. Pope to uh, get rid of them. So... In the dawn of Friday the 13th of October, 1307, yeah. King ordered that uh, the Templars be arrested. The arrest warrant started with the phrase, as you said before, Dieu ne pas content, nous avons des ennemis de la foi dans le royaume. Nice. God is not pleased we have enemies of the faith right. in the kingdom. Yeah. So, so at, okay, at first, at first, um, King Philip was doing his own thing by, you know, having these people arrested. He was uh, torturing them. He was he was torturing them until they confessed. And then, independently, at first, Clement was uh, launching his own investigation, trying to deal with some charges that he had heard from a um, from a Templar who had been ousted. And most people agreed that these charges, by and large, were probably false. Even though the Templars by this time are they are corrupt. They are abusing their power. They are becoming an, uh, un- unpopular. They are not as needed as they once were, and so they're they're certainly at a weak point. But um, when Clement gets involved, King Philip pushes him e- uh, even further to do even more. So then, then uh, Clement actually starts arresting his own people, uh, he, the people that he can get of. He does have them tortured. They do confess, and so now they're getting it. The uh, Templars are getting it from the king and the church. Uh, Clement issues a bull on November twenty seventh, thirteen o seven. He instructs all the Christian monarchs of Europe to arrest the Templars, seize their assets, uh, determine you know hold them for trial, determine that they're guilty or innocent, innocent, but because they're being tortured, most of them eventually um, do confess under the uh, pain of torture. And um, Clement, again, he's ha- he has a lot of these people burned at the stake. Um, and of course, burning someone at the stake is mm. clearly in the Bible. And Cam is now going to tell us what part of the Bible says mm. that popes can burn people. Oh, all of all of the Bible. <laughs> That's basically all the One Bible is. is yeah. Yeah, it just burn people at the stake. Uh, so, oh. so then the Pope Clement disbands. He uses the Council of Vienne uh, in 1312. It's a series of papal bulls. One disbands the Templars. Another one gives all their assets to another uh, Christian military order. And there is one guy who was uh, in charge of the Templars. He was Grand Funk Master. I mean, he was Grand Funk Jacques de Molay, and he uh, he was tortured and he was found guilty. But then after he is tortured, he retracts his confession, as does another one. So now it's really starting to get awkward for the church and for the king. They can't have that. These two very powerful men, formerly powerful men, are burned at the stake in Paris on March 18, 1314. Um, but de Molay, 
uh, as he's about to be burned, he asks that he, if he can be tied up in such a way as that he is facing the Notre Dame Cathedral and he wants his hands tied in a certain way so that he can actually pray. And as he's about to be burned, he says, God knows who is wrong and has sinned. Soon a calamity will occur to those who have condemned us to death. And not that I'm trying to get too far ahead of the story, but after he does this, uh, roughly a month later, Clement is dead, and Philip will also die soon from a hunting accident uh, a year out. But the point is the Templars around Europe are arrested, they're tried, they're convicted. Uh, but now that the heyday of it is over, most are allowed to join other orders, they're pensioned off, they're allowed to retire, except for in Portugal, because King Dennis I of Portugal refuses to um, suppress these people, he refuses to follow the papal bull, and so some of the survivors go there, and they just simply change their name to Order of Christ and Supreme Order of Christ of the Holy See. So they do, some of them do survive, they just have to change their name, but this institution as it was, is is broken, it is is it's beyond being repaired, except for the people who have changed their name, but the important thing is that Clement has done what Philip of King of France has asked him to do, so he's not in trouble, and Philip doesn't have to pay them back the money because the Hundred Years' War is obviously by no means over. He's still still going to need more money in the future to take on the British. Now, um, according to legend, uh, while Jacques de Molay was uh, burning to death, he uh, called out that uh, Pope Clement and King Philip would soon meet him before God. Ouch. His actual words were, according to a parchment, God knows who is wrong and has sinned. Soon a calamity will occur to those who have condemned us to death. Yes. And Pope Clement died a month later, and King Philip died in a hunting accident before the end of the year. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Now, uh, uh, now the Freemasons uh, claimed that they were actually the the successors mm-hmm. to the Knights Templar. Right. That the the the, the Knights actually went underground, and Some did. <laughs> yeah, and, and and it sprung up as Freemasonry. However, um, apparently that's all was just made up. Yeah. The guys that invented Freemasonry just went, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Let's just make up this story that we, we go right back to the Freemason, uh, to the Knights Templar, and uh, pe- pe- people will believe it, and I think it's cool. Yeah, uh, that, that is yeah. a way. That's a good PR. Well, I don't know if it's a good PR move, but it certainly will get you noticed, and there's no such thing as bad press. So good for them. Yeah. By the way, uh, this podcast mm-hmm. uh, goes right back to the Knights Templar as well, if you know that. but not. Uh, yeah, I am the great, 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 grandson of Jacques de Molay, and I have in my possession a document that he wrote while he was burning to death. Wow. With his hands tied. With his hands tied behind his back, where he instructed me to make a podcast. Spread the word. So give me all your money. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you mentioned that uh, one of the papal decrees that Clement wrote after this, all of the property of the Templars was transferred to the Knights Hospitalier, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. the Order of Knights of the Hospital of St. John of Jerusalem. Sounds nice. 
So how is this all relevant to uh, the Renaissance? Well, the papacy now needs new bankers. Ah. Huh. Mm. Who, oh, who can we get? And that explains how the popes were the bitches of the French king in the fourth century and how they ended up needing to look for new sources of uh, funds uh, in the 14th century, which is how the Medicis come into it. So if I could just mention real quick, so when Clement V moves um, the papacy to Avignon, and remember, he only got elected to that position by having French soldiers around him to keep them safe, because no matter who the um, cardinals elected, they were either going to piss off the French or the Italians. So the the point is, um, they have to come up with an excuse. They're like, oh, and I think we've covered this previously, but Italy isn't safe. There's a lot of infighting. Rome itself is not even safe. There are various... um, uh, families, powerful families fighting Rome. Uh, the various um, basilicas um, have been have burnt down or have been uh, gutted by fire. But the point is, it's a very dangerous place. We need to stay over here where we can uh, where we can be safe and we can be protected by the King of France. We are not his bitch. I want to make that absolutely clear, no matter what you hear. But again, it, it's an excuse that it's, it's their propaganda to get out about why it's being moved, because this is a big deal. It's going to piss off every Italian that's out there. And like you said, they're going to severely cut back sending money to the Pope, but at the same time, grab as much territory of the Papal States as they can, because the Pope is not there with his armies to defend that territory. Yeah, it, it, it basically, uh, with, the, with the popes no longer there, the cardinals no longer there, uh, it was a bit of a disastrous time in Italy. So at, at this point, not only are the Italians pissed off and they're hurt, but even Petrarch gets involved where he, he declares that uh, the, this is the equivalent of the, he calls it the Babylonian captivity, which was an important event in Jewish history because back in the 6th century BCE, the Jews were exiled from Babylon. They were forced to stay in a different place for decades until the Persian king Cyrus the Great allowed them to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. But basically uh, what Petrarch is saying is that these French popes, and there's going to be seven of them, seven of them all together, but the point is, this break with Rome, he, he declares that the French Pope uh, Clement and those who come after him have lost their spiritual integrity, and they are nothing more than slaves to the French king. So Petrarch is going to write a lot about this, and a lot about the seven French Popes over the years, just trashing them, and saying that they have lost uh, their connection to God, and the right to dominate everybody, because they're nothing more than... Uh, Money-hungry bitches. Yeah, um, just uh, to correct you. Yeah. I, 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 I hate, you know, I hate to do this. Oh, yeah. I hate to correct you. Could you get the smile off your face? Uh, <laughs> uh, they weren't exiled from Babylon. They were exiled to, in ba- Babylon. Sorry, I apologize. I read that wrong. Yep. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hate to no, do no, it. No, it's, it's important to get it right, and I and I totally. I feel, I feel bad. I appreciate you know, that because yeah. you're a bubble boy, and uh, <laughs> here I know we you go. All right. Take these things to uh, heart. Um, yeah. So yes, so so I was in the middle of a sentence before before oh, you jumped in I, with all that. I'm trying to remember where I was up to. I'm sorry. Um, so Clements. Period as Pope was a disastrous time in Italy. The, the papal states, the, the the city states in Italy that the Pope controlled, um, 
were entrusted to a team of cardinals. They were supposed to look after them while the Pope was in Avignon. Right. But it didn't go well. People people weren't standing for it. I mean, the, the Romans and the Italians generally were pretty pissed off right. that the Pope and the cardinals had basically packed up and left. They were they were highly offended by that yeah. and also offended by the fact that they're now sort of the bitches of the, the French king. Rome, as we talked about back in the... Petrarch episodes and the Rienzo um, episodes, it's sort of the battleground between two major factions, the Colonna and the Orsini. Mm -hmm. They had like a mini civil war between them. I remember um, I think Petrarch was good friends with the Colonna family and he lived with them for a while and that kind of stuff. Uh, And then in 1310, the Holy Roman Emperor, Henry VII, entered Italy um, basically said, well, listen, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take yeah, all of this stuff if you guys don't want it. Um, uh, he established the Visconti as the vicars in Milan, mm-hmm. basically meant the Visconti had control right. over the Milan, over Milan, and the, the Visconti we're going to talk about a lot. Uh, they were... They were a pretty brutal uh, family of tyrants. Yeah. Um, and he was crowned by Clement's legates in Rome in 1312 before he died <laughs> near Siena in 1313. But it's official. Now, Henry was the first emperor since Frederick II had died in 1250. Wow. At this stage, the Holy Roman Empire consisted of Germany, Italy, Bohemia, and Burgundy. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of lot of infighting about who... Uh, deserved to be the Holy Roman Emperor after Frederick died, so they hadn't really had one. Uh, Clement agreed to make Henry the Holy Roman Emperor with the understanding Mm -hmm. that he would support the Papal States and would go on a crusade, but he died. Right. Now, let me ask you this real quick. Do you, if, if Henry had not died, do you think he would have done what all the other, uh, what the Italians were doing in the various city states of Rome and, pay, and paid lip service to the Pope? Yeah, yeah, I'm your vicar here. I'm your representative and I'll send you money, but I'm pretty much going to do what I want and not send you nearly as much money as you think I'm going to. Or do you think he would have been a true partner of the Pope and tried to calm Italy down and bring at least the papal states back under the Pope's control? Well, who knows? I mean, these yeah. guys used to obviously fight uh, between themselves. Uh, the, the Holy Roman Emperor and the Popes have sort of were frenemies and had <laughs> been for a long time. I don't know how it would have played out. But uh, apparently Henry intended to restore the glory of the Holy Roman Empire right. where everyone fell under sort of him and the Pope. Mm-hmm. And the deal was the Pope would make you the, the emperor yeah. as long as you protected the Pope and, and sort of did his bidding. Sounds good. Um, but after... 60 years without an emperor, things in Italy had changed. I mean, there have been decades of civil war and strife. We've talked about the Guelphs and the Ghibellines before. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you remember which is which, who who the Guelphs supported? The Guelphs were the Pope, the Ghibelline, the Emperor. Please tell me that's right. Yeah, that's right. Nailed it. Yeah, good call. Yeah. How do you remember? What's your... uh... This is going to sound stupid. The Ghibelline is a longer word, and I just somehow attach that to the emperor who is a real... 
real power as opposed to the Pope who's just the power of my soul, and I don't have one. <laughs> That's how I remember too. The Guelphs is the shorter of the right. two. So yeah. Pope, Guelph, yeah. both little words. There we go. Yeah. Great minds. Little mnemonic. Yeah. It's not even a mnemonic. <laughs> Whatever. Memory memory strategy. Whatever works. Um, yeah. So the, the Guelphs and the Ghibellines and other non-noble bourgeoisie have, had become used to having power in these places. There's no Holy Roman Emperor, no, no emperor looking over the top of them, telling them what to do. Right. Um, and now the Pope's been out of town for a while as well. So they had to defend themselves. They had to take care of things themselves. There was no one to yeah. ask permission of, no one to give orders. They started to become more and more independent. And, uh, you know, they they'd fought amongst each other, obviously, for this kind of control. Um, the people that won decided they were... The, the, the natural rulers of these city-states, the ones who lost would always go looking for a king or an emperor or a pope to come and help them defeat the guys who won. Yeah. So all of this stuff is going on in Italy. Basically, a, there's a power vacuum uh, with no Holy Roman Emperor and now no popes uh, in, in the yeah. country. Um, and, and the pope that there is is seen to be the, the sort of the French king's bitch. So... <laughs> These guys are all saying, okay, well, it's up to us now. We, we have to grow up. We have to take control of our own city-states. Yeah. Um, now, in 1309, Clement had preached a crusade against the Venetians. Right. Um, they don't, declaring that... I'm sorry, Venetians don't sound like Muslims to me. <laughs> yeah, no, the Venetians wouldn't uh, do what he told them to do. Right. So he was like, give me your money. They said, fuck off. So he's like, all right. He uh, he declared that any Venetian captured abroad might be sold into slavery. Damn. So it's one of the things popes did a lot back in those yes. days. It happens to Florence a little yes. bit later on. Um, so that's that's very Christian of you. Listen, <laughs> they're not doing what I want so they can be sold into slavery. Right. Anyway, Clement... Clement died in 1314. Um, according to one account, while his body was lying uh, in state, a thunderstorm broke out. Sure. Lightning struck the church where his body was lying and it set it on fire. <sighs> and by the time they put it out, the Pope's body had been destroyed. Cremated. All natural. So that's... that's that's what God thought of uh, Clement V. I'm going to light your ass up. And, and if, I, if I could just round off Clement's uh, time as Pope, you know, against King Philip, against these other would-be rulers, he did the best he could. He was always in need of money. And so, like we said earlier, he always, he always sold positions to the highest bidder. He did personally try to lead a frugal life. He tried to to uh, get the others to do that, um, the cardinals and the abbots and the bishops. They wouldn't as much, but the point is he tried to lead by a good example. He did protect people who criticized the church, like Arnold of Villanova, who was uh, charged with heresy because he was an, an alchemist, an astrologer, and as well as a physician, so he was actually well-read. And so he had some criticisms of the church. Um, I think the University of Paris wanted him killed or whatever, but, in, but uh, the Pope protects him. Him. So, so not 
all around not a bad guy, but he's in a tough situation. Uh, he's doing the best he can. He is he is the uh, the bitch or the king. He is he has lost all his papal lands in Italy, and so it's very hard for him. But he got through it, and. Uh, but because the situation is still tenuous, it's not like they're going to go, okay, everything is calm now. We're going to go back to having an Italian pope. No, no, no. The king of France likes having access to the pope and the power and the authority so things aren't going to change anytime soon.